Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, just some fun data points for you. I kind of gave a little shout out last time. I'll do this super quick, but thanks to all the listeners in Colorado, Texas, California, South Dakota, Utah, top cities, Denver and Salida, Colorado. Uh, it's kind of, that's a small town. If you don't know where Salida is, just a small little town. I hear it's beautiful. Actually, I actually haven't been there. Um, and then Omaha comes in third place. So thank you guys there for listening and love to hear some stories. Send some hunting success pictures or something. Love to hear from you. <clears throat> it's fun to hear who the audience is. Another big thanks to ben.j.photo for letting me use the his photography for my podcast cover. So if you would go on Instagram, go over to his page and it, like, follow, yes, follow his Instagram page, ben.j.photo. He has some talent and has gotten really close to a lot of big bulls and takes some really unbelievable pictures. So go check that out. My episode with Corian Oil and Gas was not planned around any kind of Ukraine war and was totally uh, completed by the time that that was happening. Uh, I think that just makes things a little more timely, makes it just make sense. Uh, and uh, honestly, in my opinion, we need to be looking at domestic oil, look at, at doing stuff here. Uh, there's definitely... Uh, a lot of opposition to that and it doesn't make sense let's go buy it and do it elsewhere why don't we do it here uh where it's highly regulated so there's a lot of arguments for uh for and against um but you know what i this is gonna mess up a lot of folks hunting plans for the fall uh, 475 diesel here in western south dakota 420 gas is what it is today that's that's messing things up. I haven't touched my truck in a week and a half. Haven't really needed it. Uh, posted a picture of doing a little shed hunting in the Honda. Kind of planning even my my bow hunts that are within a couple hours drive doing it in the Honda. Uh, I'll quarter stuff out and, and get by. Trying to find a way to to make those hunts hunts affordable. Even considering driving uh, my Honda to Minnesota to do a bear hunt. And then grab my truck, my brother's truck and using that. <laughs> so there's got to be, there's got to be uh, some relief here sometime soon so that, that uh, we can get back to normal life. And that's just us hunters who are impacted by it. It impacts so many other things. So something's got to happen. Uh, guy in charge got to get, um, got to get some common sense going here sometime. If you're listening to this on the release day, Release date is Tuesday mornings at 2 a.m. Mountain Time. So it hits Eastern Time, 4 a.m. Uh, and if you're listening to that Tuesday morning, we are having a baby. My wife is scheduled C-section, 7 a.m. on Tuesday. So we're having our second boy. Uh, other boy is three, almost four. Ty is. Name's Ty. Second boy, undecided. We are struggling with that. We've got two first names and two-ish middle names that we are waiting for a game day decision to to look at them and say, yep, that's what his name is. So, man, that's a lot of pressure. It's about to get really difficult to do some recording 
and to do some antler buying and to do my job. So we'll see uh, how all that goes. Uh, going to be a fun adventure, but it was fun telling my, my three-year-old the other day saying, are you boys? My boy's going to be, are you going to go hunting with me? Are you having those conversations? It, it's kind of crazy saying boys. Um, you got a real family then. <laughs> I mean, it's already a family, but man, there's going to be four of us and two dogs. That's kind of crazy to me. All right. So just kidding. Um, I did have the baby already. So I know I said that in the early part of the intro that we'd be sitting in the hospital having a kid, but a little fun surprise in life was he came early. So kind of a cool little deal. Glad he's here now and didn't want to record my intro all over again. So let's get back to our episode. Thanks for listening. So I'm, we're going to start diving into this. This this is my third week of the month, which means it's my solo episode by myself diving into a hunt planner. It is March 15th as I record this, uh, March 22nd release date, meaning there has been some deadlines passed where we have missed out on some of the draws. Colorado, so most of you Colorado listeners, um, that's... That's in April, early April. So there's some time yet to, to figure these things out. I know I haven't even cracked my Colorado book open yet, which is horrible to even think. Normally I'm on this way early. Uh, but we're going to dive into my little bit of a hunt planner. Not a full hunt planner, but figure out how to narrow down the opportunities. That's my main focus for today. Just to narrow it down, how to organize this in your brain, uh, and I usually start this stuff off during the season, during that fall season. I think, okay, next year I'm going to do this. Next year I'm going to do this. Uh, it's just not happening this last year. So I do want to dive into into that just a little bit. And a part of planning in this off season, one more little plug before we dive into the planner, is supporting your conservation organizations as well as your state agencies. I am a firm believer of that. This is not written down anywhere other than my little uh, podcast playbook. But one of the WHH pillars is going to be supporting our wildlife managers and state agencies. It is legislative session right now. The uh, it's a it's a process. It's interesting to listen to these things come up. Um, it's interesting to to be a little involved in some of that. Um, and I've been able to get involved in a little bit of that because of Howl for Wildlife. I have just completed two really awesome interviews with the co-founder, the founder and co-founder, uh, and they're going to be aired the next two weeks. So we're going to go through some things there. Some of the best mule deer hunting tips I've ever gotten are coming in the next two weeks. Uh, not next week, but the following one of the best best couple of tips I've ever gotten. So I'm excited to, to utilize some of those. But also next week with Howl for Wildlife, a very unique, very unique system, uh, one of a kind for the hunting community. Something that is crucial, absolutely crucial to get involved in. Uh, it doesn't cost any money. So I want you to listen to that and, and take what they're saying to consideration and see if you can apply to some, 
apply some of that or get involved with what they're doing. It's pretty darn easy. So, uh, but I, I do want to, again, express the, the importance of supporting these state agencies, uh, as well as the conservation groups, because as you'll hear in two weeks, unity is pretty important in the hunting community. And the, uh, the state agencies are following a democratic, democratic process. They have statutes that they can say this and they can't say that they have to do it a certain way. And every person in every state, I've always heard them complain about one state or another's agency. They're the ones managing our wildlife. And if there's something that you really don't like, then you have a voice for it. There's a process to have your voice heard either through a conservation group or through things like Howl for Wildlife or through um, decision makers. So you can share those those pieces in point in an edu- input in an educated way. So I really encourage you to, to look out and in, look internally and, and see how can I share this piece of information this when I really disagree with the decision to not allow hunting on Sunday in Maine. Uh, I totally disagree with this. Just say, um, what can I do to, uh, make it so we can hunt on Sunday in Maine? Somebody did that. And here we go. We got some legislation on that right now. Uh, it's very interesting to, to hear the replies that I'm getting from these legislators where I'm even having input. I'm supporting my, my brothers over in Maine that are hunters that, that want that Sunday hunting. But on another note, let's get started with our hunt planner. I'm behind the eight ball here. Typically, I'm planning the following year's hunts during the season I'm in. Occasionally, as hunters, we go through these transition seasons, uh, and I'm in one of those. It's definitely one of those for me. It, for a couple of reasons. I've got a newer, not newer state, but back to my home state. Uh, last year, it was a, oh, I want this opportunity, this opportunity. I'm going to go here, go here, go here. Buy the stag, buy the stag. I loaded up. It was way too much. I didn't really get to to really explore and dive into a hunt. Um, got to do that back in Colorado. I already had those places, and I went and had an amazing adventure by myself. It was wonderful. I had a great time. Only wish I could have had that hunt turn out just a little bit better uh, as far as getting my elk in time. So if you want to hear kind of a crazy story on that, go back and listen uh, to some back in October, somewhere in October, September, October. So, uh, also I've had a little bit of change in mindset and I want to explain that change in mindset. I feel like, you know, in your hunter safety manual, you see the, uh, when we were 11 and 12 taking hunter education, we see that stages of a hunter going from, I want to get a tag. I want to just go fill tags. I want to shoot a couple different species. I want to try a different method. I just want to go out and be in nature. So those are like kind of the steps. I am feeling like I am in that step of wanting to look for a specific adventure, look, focus on a, a particular method of take. That is not as important to me as the adventure. I would really like to find... Uh, some of those hunts where I can just have a great, great time. I love shooting a rifle. I like hunting, hunting deer with a rifle or an elk. With, actually, I haven't. I've shot one bull and a few, few cows with a rifle. I haven't done that a whole lot. Uh, but deer, tons of deer with with a rifle. 
So I love doing that, but man, I love my bow, but sometimes I want to chuck my bow and be done with it. (laughs) So like a lot of hunters are, but here I am coming back to coming back to bow hunting because it's, it really is so important to me. It's a, it's a challenge that, uh, you just are competing against yourself. So I've had this, this change in mindset lately and it came from buying a lifetime and a half of antlers. It ended up being a truckload of antlers. It was this gentleman and his fathers. And he had this conversation with me as he's standing in, in the storage unit with antlers laying all over the, the floor. He had racks along the side, really nice bull elk and, and really nice mule deer, really nice white tails. He was keeping a bunch of those, but he had all these four by four, five by five white tails that were just, they're great white tails. Bunch of them I shot that size this last year. Wonderful whitetails, wonderful mule deer, a couple small ones, pile of antelope that were just starting to get bugs in them and, and kind of rot away. And got me thinking a little bit. This guy has shot a lot of stuff between him and his sons and his dad. Do I really want to just stack up rack after rack after rack, put them in the rafters like that, and and just have these average deer, lots of stories, lots of amazing hunts? Do I want to go after uh, some specific animals and specific, uh, adventures. Um, and, and I may absolutely shoot something that size. I'm not saying I'm going to look for 200 inch mule deer only. Uh, I'm saying I'm looking for the hunt itself and not as much of the 10 tags that I want to fill and to see how many, how many whitetail racks that I can get in a year or a mule deer. That the number is what I'm trying to remove as importance and, and number of days in the field. I think I want to still have, I know I want to still have as many days in the field. This next year, it's not going to happen because we've got a newborn coming, but, um, I want to be planning that same number of days hunting, uh, but have fewer tags so I can really hunt those, those, those fill work on those tags and really hunt those hard. And then if I fill great, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm always worried about filling tags and I got nothing. Well, I got trapping. I've got waterfowl upland. I've got other options that I would really love to get into and maybe take a trip across straight and hunt some pheasants. Maybe go somewhere else and, uh, hunt some ducks. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of options. I got this little really good looking dog laying next to me here that, that I would love to get her in the field. And if that means, uh, I don't need to buy some, an antelope tag, uh, because I, I've got a couple other options, then then it's going to work out. I'll go do, go do that instead. But I do love stacking up piles of tags and I love stacking up piles of deer. It's kind of this weird conundrum I'm in that I'm thinking about. I want to organize my year a little different. So with that change of mind comes a change in plan. And I, and I've been really stewing over what this means. I change in, in life as well with this young one coming. So a lot of unknowns and trying to figure out what that means. So I know that a lot of us hunters are trying to figure out our falls and you got to organize this. You got to write it down. This is important to me, uh, that I write things down. Number one is goal setting, writing stuff down, identify the style of hunt that you want for the year, identify the species, uh, that will help lay out what state and what region you're looking for. 
So what I mean by identify the style of hunt you're looking for, I am looking for a multi-day, something I got to work for, uh, where no one else is or very few hunters are. I want to be a little more remote and South Dakota remote is, is a little different than Colorado, Wyoming remote, but there's still some of that. I'd love to go back to Colorado this year. Uh, I got invited to go to Minnesota. I want to see if we can get that into the mix. Uh, so identify the style of hunt you want. Next, identify the species. Well, I'm getting this opportunity to bear hunt. I will always go shoot a bear. I was going to be really stingy on this sausage that I've got made up. Uh, but maybe that opens up the opportunity to share a little bit more and, and, uh, use that, use that more frequently and not worry about the fact that I might run out and not shoot one for a long time. I might be able to go shoot one. No guarantees, but I might be able to go shoot one here this fall. Also, I'm going to identify that I want to focus on some deer this year. This is going to be the first year in eight years I haven't hunted elk. It's just the way that's going to gonna go. Uh, not a elk hunting year. That was one of the pieces that came when moving to South Dakota. I had to, I have to drop elk hunting every single year. It's not going to happen. Uh, like a lot of people east of me, you don't get to hunt elk every year. Uh, or if you do, you spend a lot of money doing it. So that I am not that person that's able to drop a lot of money doing it. So it's going to be in every other Every three-year kind of deal, I'm not sure. I I am not going anymore in every three. It's going to be every other two, every third. Maybe I'll take two years off here and there. But it's going to be a lot more frequent than than probably budget allows, let's say. We're going to make it happen. Long time ago, I created a hunt planner. It's literally single-digit episodes. Uh, it's I'm going to do that someday. I don't have time to break down tag allocation, so that's not going to happen. But go back to that episode. Maybe, maybe not. That's single digits. I, this episode's probably not much better than that one, so go for it. So I'm going to dive into here. I got my change of mindset. Number one, write these things down, goal setting. Uh, that was again, that identify your style of hunt, identify your species, uh, and then that'll help you lay out what region you got. So I'm already thinking bear. All right. That was an opportunity that popped up going to Minnesota, uh, mule deer. Well, let's see. I've got a few points in Colorado. I have four that actually might be getting me the tag that I've been really looking forward to there. Okay. Let's look at Eastern Colorado. Here in South Dakota, I have maybe three mule deer or three any deer tag, three deer preference points. It's all it's not species specific, um, so that's going to create some opportunity. But I'm not sure if I want to burn those. Uh, I've got to go hit a new area, so I may just want to hit that in archery season when it doesn't matter what unit you're in. Basically, you can go hunt it. So I'm thinking archery, archery deer rifle deer and bear archery is kind of what I'm laying down as, as, as trying to just think these things out. Uh, the other thing that's going to be a factor is time off money and gas. So figure that in your goal setting. Next step is dream it up by talking, listening, reading content. You'll probably get inspired. You better be getting inspired by somebody. Uh, 
just to think about, you know, maybe it is access deer. I was chatting about an access hunt in Texas, uh, the other day, um, been chatting with last episode with Danny to some of those, those pretty crazy hunts that he's going on. If that's what the hunt you're dreaming up, make it happen. So by talking and listening to folks, you're going to get inspired about what that is. It's going to make you tick and make you go and say, that's the hunt I want to do. So write these dream hunts down so that they're there. Maybe make a list of the next five years of hunts. So on my list, I've got a South Dakota backcountry hunt, archery and and rifle. I think that's going to be something that's going to happen almost every year for me. Uh, That Minnesota fall bear, okay? And then my Colorado mule deer hunt. Also down on my five-year list is a mid-range Colorado uh, elk hunt of some sort. I haven't decided that's going to be a rifle or an archery, but thinking maybe one of those seven to 10 point units in there, or I can get lucky and maybe start applying here next year to certain areas. That would be a really fun hunt. Maybe even considering one of those high country, really high country hunts. I haven't decided. So, but that's on my five-year list just to be there. Also, I've got my go-to archery elk hunt back in Colorado. Okay. That's on the five-year list. Wyoming antelope. I'm getting up there to not really in the world antelope, but, um, oh, four, four points, five points for, uh, Wyoming antelope. Oh, geez. Don't even have this on my list. I'm going to add it right now. Colorado antelope. I've got seven, seven points, eight points on that in Colorado. That, that should open up a pretty pretty awesome tag here within the next couple of years. Um, thinking about that one. That will be on my five-year list as well. And then, of course, Arizona over-the-counter counter, uh, and Havelina. That one didn't happen this year. So, Ryan, I can't decide if that's going to happen this year or not. Uh, but it, it all would kind of work out time-wise. South Dakota Backcountry Hunt, if I'm doing that September, October, uh bear hunts in September deer is happening. Colorado mule deer would actually happen in December. Um, maybe that works out to come in January. We'll see kind of what the, what the work schedule, what the kids schedule and things pan out to be. So, uh, and then also on my list is continuing for that preparation of future hunts. Continue to spend that money. Colorado preference points on the big three, a moose goat sheep costs 300 bucks every year, 300 plus. Uh, because you go buy a hunt license, just go for it. Just keep, keep building those points. I know that's a lot to swallow. I, I just, I do it without thinking now. So building that Colorado points, uh, building the Wyoming preference points. I finally bit the bullet on the Wyoming and said, all right, let's buy more than just an antelope. Uh, and I'm going to start buying elk. That's not on my five-year list yet. Cause it's probably more on my five to 10 year list to, uh, to find a, find a nice, Wyoming hunt. Uh, and then building my own state's preference points. Uh, and in the meantime, building my business that saves money for hunting, uh, and, and work on my gear. Uh, funny thing is I just went and bought a gun today. Another one, maybe just be flipping that. So if you're looking for, uh, Winchester model 70, uh, 300 short mag, got one. It's a feather, feather light really sweet gun. So I'm looking at selling that, uh, it's a pretty cool gun. And I, it's the exact same thing as what I bought 
a month ago. Just that one's got a few other little tweaks and, and got some other work done. So it's a sweet gun. So a quick review. I've done my goal setting. I've done my dreaming up. I've got my list of my five-year hunt list. Next, I'm going to pick one. Pick one, write it down, and plan out what that hunt is uh, and what that experience is that you want. So the species. Let's go with my my South Dakota backcountry hunt that I want to do. Species. Um, that I haven't decided. Whitetail or mule deer. I think I can, I'm going to go chase both. You can hunt them both. So thinking about that. Uh, what is my method to take? Archery. Archery is where I'm starting. I may apply for the rifle tag with a whitetail, something that is a little easier to draw. And then who is going with you? So that's another big factor. When someone's going with you, if it is your dad who is 65 to 70 or 75, uh, that makes a big difference on what you're going to be doing in your hunt. If it is your kid who is four, five, six, that makes a big difference on what you're doing on your hunt. Next is also how much time you're planning on your to take for your hunt. Do you have a week? Do you have two weeks? Uh, I, I watched some of these films of these guys going off. I did 17 days in the back. My gosh, how do you? 17 days is crazy on one hunt. Uh, I almost think I'd get a little lonely actually doing that by myself. Um, three days, five days is good for me. I think I like that three to five. It's it's a really good number number of days. Uh, and then I like to come back. Uh, I don't like being away from my family for more than five days for, or, or a week at a time on a hunt. It's nice to be back and with my family. And then what? what's the budget like for the hunt? Uh, is it do-it-yourself, outfitter, or going with a buddy? And then can I draw the tag? So, again, let me review because I kind of was adding my piece to it and then I wasn't. Uh, species, method of take, who is going, how much time and money do you have to put to this? What's the, what's the situation? Is it do yourself, outfitter, or buddy? Can I draw the tag? And so for me, this looks like a mule deer. It's going to be a mule deer or whitetail. It's going to be archery. going to be solo, but I'm, I've kind of pitched this to, to a buddy and we'll see kind of how that works out. Uh, three days at a time is my plan. Uh, gas is the main expense, but cheap, cheap and easy tag to get, do it myself. Public land is kind of the layout on that. So with just talking this out, with writing it down, I've written it down right in front of me in my show notes. I have now formulated this hunt. I've organized it. I've narrowed it down and I've made a priority of this is what my hunt is for the fall or the one hunt that I'm really looking forward to. After you have done that with the one, do it again. Repeat that hunt plan for the next species. And you'll be surprised how much you get excited about that next hunt and want to get rolling with that one, maybe even sooner than uh, the same year. So I would, however, manage that time. And that was my mistake last year. I had like eight of these lists of these hunts that I wanted to do. It was too many, not enough time to, to really focus on them. Uh, and have a have, have as much fun. I had a great time, but I could have had a lot more fun had I focused on one, two areas and really, really hit it hard. Also, as you're going along, if something doesn't fit, put it the next year. This whole process then also just adds another layer when applying for limited draw units. 
we don't necessarily know, especially in New Mexico, places like that where it's everybody's in the hat, but you can have a decent idea of what you're going for and you're going to put in for those those crazy hunts uh, like I am moose goat sheep in Colorado. When I draw those, everything else goes out the window or gets gets put down the priority list. So, But you can estimate based on in true preference point systems uh, like Colorado has, you can estimate uh, if you are going to draw that tag or not. Uh, minus a moose, goat, moose, goat, and sheep. That's going to done a little differently. So you should be able to estimate it, um, or have a have a halfway decent idea. Um, in some of the areas states, there's always a chance. So you you do want to add in that possibility of drawing those crazy tags, uh, and then a lot of those tags that I apply for are the three to now I'm going to be adding in those three to to seven point tags. I may or may not get them. I don't know. So I'm not going to plan my whole fall around it, but I'm going to plan on doing that hunt. I'm going to do it in an area that maybe is just a little easier to draw. Uh, I want to hunt that species. I can still have that hunt. I can have that backcountry hunt. If it's in the Gunnison Basin, no, I'm probably not going to draw that tag. Uh, if it's in or let's go with the Northwest unit, unit 10. It's not going to happen. Unit 10, Colorado, uh, not going to happen over there, but it can happen over in the plains. Cause I got enough points for over there. There's a, that limited draw tag process shouldn't really change your plans. You should be able to, to still pick a state, pick a style, maybe even a region, maybe. Uh, and you should be able to draw within, within that five-year plan. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. So next thing you need to do, you've laid these out, talked about them, thought about them, uh, get your research done, gather your handbooks, visit state agencies' websites and learn about them, learn the regulations, 
that is so important. There's so many changes going on uh, throughout regulations that you you got to pick that up and and look at the change. I love Colorado's and that they add in the what changed um, the season dates. Uh, the understanding the the leftover tags that really got me made it a little more equal for everyone else, but I was ahead of the game on that, so I couldn't draw any of those fun ones. But gather and understand all that information. Subtri- subscribe to that state on Onyx. Start digging through those uh, those areas that you want to hunt and put drop points. Um, I was going to ask Onyx this. But I'm wondering, like, what kind of security do we have around our waypoints? Nobody's probably all that interested in hacking into to people's Onyx stuff, I mean, Onyx stuff, or their their accounts. Um, I would think the hunting community is probably not that type. But what? How how susceptible are we to losing any of that data? There's got to be a massive library that is just growing and growing and growing. I keep dropping points every week, uh, and my la- how much? How many can I store? So I'm really curious about some of the security and uh, reliability of some of that to stay there. I mean, now that nobody's never heard of anyone losing anything, what if you let your membership lapse? Does that you gonna be able to come back and still get your your uh, your waypoints? I would think so. Um, but what if it's like a year or two or five, five year laps? So good questions there. I, I don't really know the answer to. So then you need to figure out those surface level license requirements, application deadlines, over the counter. Do you need a hunter Z? Uh, that's important. I put down those deadlines in my phone. So, uh, since Arizona was a new one last year and I had missed that Havelina draw, uh, I will be, because I decide if that's going to be the hunt I do later this year, I will be adding that in my, my Google calendar to make sure I don't miss those deadlines. April 5th, it sounds like it's what Colorado is. I haven't even opened that up, but I bet you it's right here on the front cover, April 5th. There it is, 8 p.m. deadline on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So I've and that one's just been so ingrained in my head. I know it's there. Uh, I don't have to set a reminder because it's my main state. But when you hunt multiple states, you got to have a system to to work this out. This process is pretty time-consuming, but I believe it can lead to a better hunt. If you dig into the stats and you, if you have multiple states, maybe memberships are the better option to Epic Outdoors, uh, Go Hunt, any of those. But the cost of that membership... Um, is is could be maybe one more tag, like a hundred dollar bear tag in Colorado. Uh, but if you do have those multiple states, and there's some very valuable valuable information you get out of those those magazines and off their off their site. So, um, I haven't used them. I don't hunt enough states, I believe, to really need it. Uh, it would be kind of beneficial, I think, maybe for. If I get more serious about my sheep hunt in Colorado, when that's going to happen, or goat, maybe that would be a little more beneficial. But I do love digging into those points and managing my own data. So what you need to do, dive into those stats, figure them out, spend some time, get your hunt plan. Tag acquisition is nothing I'm going into. Colorado's coming up soon, and by the time I get this published, we don't have a lot left time to 
a lot of time left to uh to to get that done so enjoy your season planning your preparation for the hunt and get out there and get some get some research done it's it's a fun thing to do in the off season get some trail cameras i just ordered four new cell cameras i want to get those out in that area i'm pretty excited about that today so i can i can really focus on on scouting and, and maybe it's a new piece of gear that gets you out there uh working on this a little bit more or um you get your your handbook in the mail so anyway thanks for thanks for listening everybody again if you enjoyed the episode or enjoyed others give me a review uh and uh thanks for listening got a deed to the land but it ain't my ground this is god's country